Welcome back to Bacon Wrapped Business. This is Brad Costanzo, as if you were expecting somebody else, as you know, my name is in the title. So I figured you guys would want to tune in to a conversation that I wanted to have anyway. And actually, this is a continuation of a conversation I had a, about a week ago with somebody I was introduced to by my good friend and former guest on the show, George Bryant. So today I brought on Jesse Krieger to talk about the intersection of NFTs, which if you're not familiar with them, you've been probably hiding under a rock, but we're going to go over what non-fungible tokens are, which are a part of the blockchain crypto craze that's happening right now. But we're going to talk about how content creators, experts, businesses, brands, artists, et cetera, can use these to really capitalize on a brand new technology and uh, avenue that has never existed before. It's in its birth. Anybody who says they're an a total expert on NFTs is wrong because it's changing every day and we're all learning. But Jesse is uh, a, far ahead of me in this. So I wanted to bring him on and talk about what his business, uh, both the Lifestyle Entrepreneurs Press, where he publishes business owners and entrepreneurs and helps them get their book and their message to the world, but also how that relates to powerfan.io, his NFT marketplace and platform. Uh, I was blown away on our last conversation and I hope that you guys will be blown away. And even if you do not listen to this entire episode like you should, I will be and you'll miss out if you don't understand what's coming and is going to change the world of business and art in the very, very near future. Uh, and at the end of this or the second half, I'm going to invite my friend Ori Bengalon, who's an artist, and we're going to actually brainstorm with Jesse about ways that he can utilize NFTs in his own art. So without any further ado, Jesse Krieger, welcome to Bacon Wrap Business. Thanks, Brad. Excited to be here. And I will do my best to live up to that introduction. Okay. So question one, how do we all get rich on NFTs? Okay. No, so step number one. No. <laughs> yeah. So let's talk about a little bit more. I preface what we're going to talk about, but let's go into your background. You've got, you're a, you're a publisher. You've, you've helped people bring their books out. Let's talk about that first. And then we'll dovetail into how this relates with content creators and authors and NFTs. So give me a little bit. Yeah, of absolutely. Backstory. So 10 years ago, I started writing a book, um, Lifestyle Entrepreneur, Live Your Dreams, Ignite Your Passions and Run Your Business from Anywhere in the World. And, um, and so I came into the author space after the, my 20s as an entrepreneur, traveling a lot, founding different businesses, and decided to put it all down in a book. And that became a pivotal moment um, as I transitioned into being an author and ultimately a book publisher. And so went through the process twice as an author. I had my first publisher in Southeast Asia, book came out, I toured around Malaysia, Singapore, spoke at book fairs, became number two business bestseller in the region, got a US publishing deal, updated the book, it came out, I thought they were going to put me on stage going all over the place. And it was like crickets. So then I was like decision point. I could claim victory and move on, do something else, or really figure out book marketing. And I chose that route, uh, relaunched the book, did better. And then some of my friends that were working on books started asking for advice. Um, one thing led to another and they said, can you just do it for me? And I started to say, yes, that birthed Done For You Publishing, which for the last six and a half, seven years has been just a full suite um, service that we've offered to authors, entrepreneurial authors, publish their books, get them out and use it as a business development tool. And so that, I love that yeah, go ahead. But that's, no, uh, I love that. So then where, when, and what gave you 
the first taste or interest in NFTs? And like, how, how did that start to lead into what is now PowerFan? Sure. I remember a good friend of mine in uh, March 2017 messaged me, hey man, buy as much uh, Ethereum as you can. I was like, why? He goes, because it's going up, silly. Yeah, that's the only reason you need. <laughs> it was like $80, $80 or something then. Oh, you got in but, back then. Well, yeah, I got sold, bought, sold. So I got I got really exposed to crypto in 2017 when that bull market was happening. I was reading white papers, uh, investing in pre-ICOs and all that fun stuff. And then it was like crypto winter for a couple of years, 2018, 19 into 20. But then towards the end of last year, um, I started to hear more about NFTs. Some of my friends that were in uh, different prominent positions in, in business and in crypto were talking more about it. So I started to pay attention and I took a few positions in companies like Sandbox, Engine Coin, uh, Decentraland, Mana, and a couple others. And over the subsequent three to four months, those did very well. And, uh, and in that same time was invited to basically co-found PowerFan with a, a longtime friend who's a blockchain developer and a, and a third person, Matt, who's a data scientist. And so, and away we went um, for the last, you know, for most of this year, 2021, we've been building PowerFan platform. Uh, we've now got our NFT minting capabilities online. Um, we've got an initial token sale for the PFAN token. That's the operative cryptocurrency on the platform and some exciting stuff coming soon. Um, but nice. it's like you said in the intro, anyone who says they're an expert on <laughs> NFTs, it's what, one year of experience? Yeah, exactly. So, the nice part is it doesn't take that long to actually get ahead of 99% of the people out there. Um, so let's back up for anybody who is like, what is he saying? Nifty? This is Nifty. What is an NFT and how are they used? Sure. So an NFT stands for a non-fungible token, <clears throat> which is another way of saying a unique digital asset. Verifiable who owns it. You can track the chain of custody from creation to the current owner. And, and, and it exists on a publicly visible ledger, um, just like a cryptocurrency does, but the non-fungible means that like, say you have a piece of art that's worth a thousand dollars, you can't cut it into a thousand pieces and have each piece be worth a dollar. So it's value is in, inherent in its unique fixed form. Right. So that and could unlike, be a art, art unlike art. a dollar bill, like if I have a dollar bill and you have a dollar bill, we exchange that it's exchangeable. It's it, there was no loss, but if I give you a painting and you give me a dollar like that's that painting is non-fungible right it's yeah. not yeah. currency is fungible right you can't divide it up and it's unique absolutely yeah so when you hear of like bitcoin and ethereum those are fungible tokens one bitcoin is one bitcoin is one bitcoin but an nft is a unique asset um, that has the same attributes of verifiable ownership and cryptocurrency security except it exists in, in, in as its own right. So this can be like a certificate of authenticity that represents a real world asset, just as it could represent a video game character that's attributed to a certain player. And as they pass more levels in the game, the character has more attributes and those are themselves uh, parts of the NFT. I love that. <clears throat> now, so at th this is the point where in my show, I like to, uh, I like to forget that I have listeners and I like to tell them 
Like you're going to, you're going to just hear me talk about stuff I want to know. So if you are brand new to this, what is cryptocurrency? Yeah. Once more, you've been hiding under a rock. What are NFTs? How do I get a primer? Like I can't wrap my head around it. This is where I was like two weeks ago. I found an amazing thread on Twitter of somebody putting together other, it's a thread of threads of like really big experts and influencers talking about what are NFTs? How can they be used in all these different areas? I'm going to link in the show notes to that. I highly recommend you go check it out and just kind of you know, through, through some tweets, you'll kind of start to get it, but the, the bottom, before we get into real use cases and how do we, like, we're going to start to strategize. Um, I just want people to understand, yes, an NFT is a, it is a, is it a digital asset, a token that can convey, it can convey value in different ways, whether it's, it's proof of ownership, like people selling a piece of art saying, I bought this art for a hundred thousand, a million dollars. And there's verifiable proof that I bought it. So I'm flexing instead of flexing a Rolex, I'm flexing my, my, um, my digital painting that is that I can prove that I bought for 20 ETH or whatever. Uh, that's one way to do it. But as we're going to get into this, um, NFTs can convey acts. They can be an access token for special experiences. They can, they are smart contracts, which have, if this, then that, capabilities where you can um, determine how much money you make on the resale of something. We're going to dive into that. And they can really do some things that no other technology has been able to do before. So as you're listening to this, you may think, huh, wait, what, what are they talking about there? Go read the other stuff, but just listen closely and maybe listen to this twice uh, because that improves my downloads. But um, <laughs> the, uh, I, I want to get in now. Let's talk about PowerFan. Let's talk about how people are using NFTs and how, and how they should be, not even how they are using it, but how they could be and should be using this as we go forward. So a little bit more on PowerFan, and then let's talk strategery. Absolutely. So <clears throat> I mentioned my background in book publishing and, and as an author, and in one shape or form, I've been involved in creative industries like forever. So that, that intersects with blockchain because at PowerFan, we're all about giving authors, creators, artists, the power back. And what does that actually mean? Well, like, I'll give you an illustration. If we sell a book through Amazon that we publish, we're giving away like 70% of the list price of that book during that sale for printing, distribution, fees, etc. But like with a, a NFT transaction or a, a cryptocurrency transaction, the author and the creator captures almost a hundred percent of that transaction value instantly. The other piece there is like as a publishing company, if we're selling books, we're collecting that money and then we do a royalty statement and pay the author. But when you sell an NFT, if you create and mint and sell an NFT, you're collecting that payment instantly and at the point of transaction. So we're, we're playing in this space to bring NFTs and blockchain technology to creators, um, to authors, to do books like special edition book NFTs um, with course creators to sell their course as an NFT. So the NFT unlocks the course content. This introduces things where you can now resell the course after you take it. And a percentage of that secondary transaction and every subsequent transaction can flow a royalty back to the creator. Automatically, right? Automatically. No third-party intermediary. You don't have to wait to get paid. It happens the minute the transaction's been done, right? That's correct. And you mentioned smart contracts. That's just a, 
another way to say that programmed into these NFTs are a royalty that goes to a certain address, a wallet address, at whenever a transaction takes place. So it eliminates the need for even a publisher like myself to collect revenue, do an accounting statement and pay out. We can program in the royalties at the minting and then as they're transacted, it's a it's a tra it, this is one of the real transformational aspects of this technology, Brad, is that it's never been possible to collect royalties on a secondary market sale for creative works. If I if you sell a CD as a musician and your fan sells it to five other people, you're not going to know about that or see revenue. If we publish a book, you buy it, then you go sell it to the thrift store. Author and publisher don't know about that and so on and so forth. So with NFTs, you get that that chain of custody and that automatic um, transaction royalty, which I think is just incredible. Well, and what's beautiful about that is now that the community, your customers or the community or your collectors or fans, whatever, now that they own something of yours that is valuable to them for whatever reason, but is ideally gonna be valuable to others as well. So it's not, I'm not just buying an NFT just because, I mean, I could be just passionate, I just want it. But at that point, the NFT doesn't really, have as much value, but the fact that this is becomes valuable in the secondary market, it's very liquid. There are open auctions where you can sell it, you can sell it individually, or you can put it on an auction. It now behooves your fans to really build you up and your value, because the more value that you build up for the person you own their NFT, the more valuable my stuff is. So for instance, like, I think we talked about this, but like, let's say I'm a, a new singer or an artist and I release an album um, and it's my first album, right? Now I'm nobody big, but I've got a thousand true fans and they each buy my NFT. And for this, for maybe it's a royalty rights or part royalty rights to the song, right? Like, cause you can do that. Um, well, if I go win a Grammy, then all of you NFT holders, all of a sudden the NFT that you own gets much, much, much more valuable. And it behooves them to be on Twitter and Facebook and Instagram promoting you and telling all their friends about you because as you succeed, their early investment in you succeeds, right? That's definitely a, a great example of a use case. And like, <clears throat> it's, it's true with almost any kind of collectible, right? If you got a Michael Jordan rookie card the year he started playing, then he was a rookie like anyone else. But now 10 years go by and he's one of the best players in history, that same card is worth a lot more. Yep. And so it's it, it's a way for fans to have a real piece of equity and ownership in their favorite creators, in their favorite authors, their favorite artists. And and like the example you gave, if for no other reason, time goes on and they become more prominent or awarded, then that could be a reason it goes up in value. But what we'll get into or i hope to to share here is like where we're playing is value added nfts so an author that has a book and now it unlocks exclusive content maybe even training material possibly even a one-on-one -on -one or a personalized interaction or experience with that creator okay um, yeah let's di let's dive into that because i one of the questions i'll ask yeah it can serve as you know we can use a use case but i write a book and i say and this is the, the bacon wrap book of business success. And um, I guess, take me through an example here. So I could sell, do I sell every book as an NFT? Or maybe do I do a special edition, like the first thousand copies or NFT? Like, 
let's start with the most foundational way that I might structure that, especially if I'm using PowerFan, because I know I can do that on your site. Yeah, I, I give you a great example. So <clears throat> if you think of, well, we want to have a limited quantity. So there's some scarcity. It's not just about selling your book as an NFT. I would say it's about having a limited edition. So say there's 100 special edition book NFTs, and each one of these is numbered one to 100. And each one of it unlocks um, a training course, uh, perhaps a group coaching or access to your community and um, and and anything else that you'd want to offer. Mm -hmm. But if you do a limited edition of 100, now there's an initial sale, they're promoted, but let's say a thousand people wanted one. So those 100 are going to sell out. Now they can start being transacted amongst fans and and creating this you know mini economy this fan economy um after the initial launch is done so that's right. one use case well okay and that brings up a good point because one of the and you you answered it perfectly it was kind of a rhetorical question for me but it was like well you can do that anyway because people have been doing that especially entrepreneurs have been doing that for years which is buy my book and everybody who buys my book or the first hundred or a thousand will get access to this course and this course. You know, people bonus their books up all the time, and you don't need an NFT to unlock that. It's just, hey, the purchase, my email sends this to you. But what you brought up, which was really brilliant, is that do making it limited, making it an event, kind of a launch, right? Or what I, I guess we call it a mint, a minting in NFT world. Um, it can create a little bit of a fan frenzy. People want that. Uh, they, they do a mad rush. And if they get it, awesome. If they don't get it, they can turn around. Can they, because I, I know like sites like OpenSea and other ones, um, you can do this. I, I would imagine you can do it on PowerFan. Can I take that back and relist it for sale and just go, okay, I, I, I was one of the first lucky ones to get it, but I don't need all these bonuses. I'm going to put this up and let people bid on my NFT. Oh yeah. After, after any NFT that's minted on PowerFan has been sold or purchased, then it can be listed on OpenSea, Rarible. Um, it can be listed anywhere. But you mentioned something, and <clears throat> I've got a ton of experience doing book launches where you're like, buy 10 books and you'll get my course. Yep. But think about just technically, the fulfillment on that is buy the books, forward your receipt, and you'll get access. Yeah. With the NFT, you purchase it, it's in your wallet, and within the NFT, you access the course. And if it's transacted again, you're you're sharing the course and the key. Now that so comes from the future like, of unlockable content, right? That's exactly right. Um, so that that it's a self-contained asset instead of this big bonus stack, and then you've got to send somebody logins and links and other things for them to access all their bonuses. Mm -hmm. The NFT literally unlocks, and then you access natively in that in that asset. Oh, that's beautiful. Okay. Yeah. So. And once more, depending on how valuable you can make your community and the bonuses, et cetera, you can create a, a community of fans who, who uh, can bid that up, make it even more valuable. The more valuable it gets, you know, that now it becomes social proof and it becomes this virtuous cycle of uh, more people want it, the more that proves that I'm, you know, that well, I'm- Can I give uh, one more illustration and an example that's on topic here? So- if you did those 100 books and that's your limited series, there's only 100, at the same time you're launching that, you could have an auction running. And this is the strategic part is like, if you've got a limited number of fixed price NFTs, but you're also doing an auction and the auction, whoever wins, they get the full enchilada, like whatever it is that you could fully do to transform someone's business or, or whatnot. So- A singular one-of-one -one, like super- thing. Yeah. 
So you'd get a one of one NFT, but that could include like three months of hands-on coaching to to re-engineer your business systems or um, a custom piece of art or like what we've seen with Blau, there's an electronic music artist. He did an auction and whoever won got a co-production credit for a new song. So now say you want to break into music, you win this auction, you own an NFT and you get to co-produce a song with a award-winning artist. That would probably make it easier to do that second song with with someone else, right? To be like, hey, I just wrapped up this song with Blau, let's collab. So there's ways that you can give people more than just your own time, your own expertise, but you can you can help them get on the map or get established in the process of supporting your launch. That is super cool. Yeah, the um the the other thing that I've noticed, so the these NFTs, obviously they can unlock content and some of them are gonna be more resellable than others, right? So some some of the things there's gonna be a better secondary market for than another, like just unlocking a course or doing something like that. Like, you know, that may work for some people, it may not. But I, what I've also seen is instead of just unlocking content, I've seen people say, in order to redeem this, you simply burn it, which means send it back to me. So you're gonna buy it. And then when you run, like you and I talked about this offline, there was another podcast host who said, I'll interview you for like five minutes, but uh, you have to, there's an auction for this NFT and it's a one of one. And in order to redeem it and be interviewed on my show, you basically, after you buy it, send it back to me whenever you want, you know, and you will then get access to my, uh, my booking page or whatever. So that's another way is just to like, they burn it and they remove it out from existence. So nobody else can use it, but that's only one option. The other option is, well, Hey, look, I did this. Now let me sell it to somebody else. Um, so you could do this with both. Between those, I, the burning it just seems kind of strange to me, although I totally get it. Yeah. But I, I love the the aspect of having something that exists ongoing and can generate additional royalties. That's what I would do like, too, especially yeah. for him. And, and I don't know, my all, all my podcast listeners, you guys may see me do this too. But um, let, yeah, let's say I'm you know, offering up five minutes of fame on my show. And uh, Ori buys it for $10,000 and then Ori gets uh, a lot of use out of it. Well, that's cool because that unlocked it. Now Ori can go out and sell that and say, look, I just paid $10,000 to be on Bacon Wrap Business. Who else wants one? There's only one of these things, right? Like, so he can sell it to somebody else. Now he could sell it for a 500 bucks if he wants and I can program it. You could it. set a floor price at the, at the, at the outset. Ooh, I can set a floor price. You could, yeah. So if you're offering five minutes of fame, as long as you set a minimum price, people could sell it. Now that person gets five minutes, sells it for more money. That person gets five as minutes. As long as it's at least like five thousand. Like, yeah, I set the floor. And you know that whatever that percentage is worth your time to to honor it in the future. Beautiful. Okay, yeah. So I I sell it for I I start bidding at five thousand dollars or whatever, $500, he gets bid up. Ori, who you're gonna hear from soon, is the winning bidder. He decides to spend $10,000. And then he decides to resell it. Well, he may be able to sell it for 10,000 or 20,000 or a million, but he has to at least sell it for 5,000 because that's the floor price that I personally set. And in PowerFan, I can set it so that it says any secondary purchase, I can make up to, I think, 50% of the sale, right? Correct. So. Hey, you, you know, or he sells it for 10,000, 20, he sells it for $20,000. He basically gets his money back and I get another 10. Like that's pretty revolutionary in what you can do with that. 
and the person that bought it gets access to the opportunity. So that, yeah, that's they, an yeah, example of a that. triple win. Yeah. I can see actually, uh, I can see an entire podcast being launched around this concept. We're, we're, I don't want to uh, give away the farm here, but you know, one thing we're exploring with podcasts and where I think there's opportunity yeah. is each episode becomes an NFT mm -hmm. and whoever the guest is contributes something that's unlockable bonus. So if I'm on the show and, and if you want to do this, we could do it. I'm saying it here and I'll honor it. If Ooh, this becomes an NFT, whoever gets this NFT will get 2,500 PFAN tokens um, as part of the unlockable content of this NFT. So that's an example of bringing a guest on. You, you say to them, hey, what could you give our audience to one to one lucky winner? And then that becomes an episode NFT. So um, that's that's. Gangster. Pretty cool, right? Like ways to increase engagement and, and uh, competition amongst listeners to yeah. and all that good stuff. Yeah. And as a guest, like that's super compelling to to know that not only is it an interview, but there's like a chance to connect with someone in the audience that's super motivated. Absolutely. And if I mean, and ideally, you can get people maybe bidding on that, right? So yeah, the, you know, this episode gets posted on PowerFan. And then, you know, once it drops, be like 24 hours after, you know, <clears throat> you could have a, an auction of like 24 hours after this episode drops is your is your opportunity or or any combination thereof. Yeah, that's that is really powerful. Um, or, or you'd be like, um, uh, you know, like, comment and share on the episode or leave a review and I'm going to pick my favorite review to win this NFT. So you could drive engagement and then award it to someone for free or have people, you know, bid to buy it. Right. Either way. Okay. Now, so when it comes to, so books is one thing. Uh, and if I, if I remember this right, so I'm launching my book. I mean, and I'm actually thinking through the technicals of how to do this, right? So most book launches, depending on who you are, you're either going to just sell it on Amazon or if you're a, one of the entrepreneurs and people that, you know, that we all deal with, uh, they're probably going to start selling it on their own site, both digital and maybe physical copies. Some people like to do free plus shipping offers. Some people like to do buy the book and I'll bonus you up. And obviously this is one way to do it. So let's walk through, let's, let's say I had a book ready to go. So I would, I would use lifestyle entrepreneur press to publish my book ideally. And then the book would be for sale either on my own site or on another page that's set up, the book is not necessarily sold on PowerFan, right? It's sold elsewhere. Yeah, we're going to, we'll get there in terms of, we're going to have um, a power player that it will be a digital ebook reader and an audiobook listener that's connected with the platform. Mm. But in terms of selling a book, what you'd want to do is have the NFT and then whoever gets the NFT will get a copy of the book and then you'd ship it to them. So you'd unlock content like, where do I send this copy of your book? Maybe a signed copy, right? Or like okay. a personally signed copy. So right now you could have, you could have what your own like web page, but you could also on that web page it says, you know, you, you can buy my book for nine dollars and you'll get a book. Or, or and, you could go over to PowerFan and buy the NFT for this book, which not only gets you a signed copy of the book, but it gets all this other stuff. Yeah. So if you, and for that, at least now with the gas fees and other transaction costs, you'd want something around a hundred dollars. So if you're like for 97 bucks, you'll get a personally signed copy of my book 
a digital training course and access to our community. Now, now you've got some positioning to make that higher price, or you could say limited quantity. But um, in the near future, we'll get to a point where you could sell like an ebook, and the transaction costs will be low enough. Yeah. Where a ten. Well, I guess right now on on Ethereum, the gas fees are really high, but there are other blockchains that are, you know, they're not as popular as Ethereum, obviously, but like Solana and other stuff, and you know whatnot. You technically could overcome the gas fee, but you're just using a less popular blockchain, right? Well, no, we're using Ethereum, which is the like the gold standard. And right. so they have, it, it works well for higher priced assets, yeah. but where we'll get pretty soon here is just like with all technology, time goes on, transaction costs, processing speeds go faster. Yeah, with ETH 2.0 coming out, it, it's gonna make things a lot cheaper. Okay, cool. Uh, with course creators, is it kind of this, it's basically the same thing. So let's say I'm selling a course on how to grow your business. And um, it's on my website, you can buy it. So, I mean, I guess one way I could do it is, I mean, I could technically sell it just, hey, you need an NFT to buy it, you know, to, to even access the course. It's only accessible through NFT, right? Yeah. Or another version would be, you know, you can buy the course here, you know, or you can go, you know, choice B is you can go over here and buy an NFT where you get course plus bonus, 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 bonus. But it's, it, there would be two separate paths that they could take, right? Yeah. So if the course already exists and yeah. it's hosted somewhere, then a simple solution would be unlockable content is a, a link to register an account without paying or a, a coupon code. Um, but the more advanced is if it's the first time the course is being launched, the NFT itself could unlock and allow you to access the course content. Mm -hmm. um, and so that's where we're arriving now. And I think that'll become even more prevalent and, and better well, user experience. But, but that way you could say as part of your marketing, buy the course, get the bonuses. And when you're done, sell it to our community and recover part of your purchase price. I love that. So now they've got an offering up, right? How many of us have bought a course? We haven't even consumed half of it and there's no way to even resell it. But if it's a quality course, there's a limited quantity and people consume it and then sell it, then you've got, then that course is like circulating out there in whatever quantity it exists in. And if people want it, they buy it off someone who's got it. And, and you get a piece of that as the creator, they get a, a part of their purchase price recovered and somebody else can buy it perhaps at a discount from the original offered price. Okay. Yeah, that's good. All right. Now, one of the things that I loved about uh, PowerFan, I think this, um, this is going to be especially for people who are kind of thinking about this, this will be especially good. So on most platforms in order, this is still so bleeding edge. Like, so be, I, I'm, an, I'm a big crypto investor, but I had never bought an NFT until last week, right? But, uh, or a couple of weeks ago, the, um, the average book buyer, the average course buyer, probably doesn't have an Ethereum address, probably does, may not even have crypto. They, like, this is cool, but I don't have this stuff. And that's a barrier to entry because it's a lot of friction. So we got you covered. Yeah. Tell us about that. If you got PayPal, if you have a credit card, if you have a debit card, you can buy NFTs on PowerFan. So we, we are very aware that not everybody's got a crypto wallet that's topped up with Ethereum ready to rock, 
but there's more and more people that are interested in nfts and they're treated differently than a than a token so you could process a credit card transaction and sell an nft and we that's exactly what we do but then on the back end of that purchase we do need that ethereum address to send them the nft so we can send them the nft after they buy it but if you purchase it with an ethereum wallet then you then it's in your wallet as soon as the transaction happens that was a little bit of a technical explanation but the simple one is if you go to our site and you click purchase on an nft you'll see paypal venmo credit card that's awesome. Uh, and then also MetaMask. Well, it's a good way to just get into it. It's like, okay, I've heard about this. I don't want to do all this. All right, I'll just buy the NFT and then you'll walk me through how to set it up. All right, cool. And now I'm in the game, right? So this is helping to create more mass adoption for people. And I think that's really important because like, I know if I told my, well, my parents are a different story, but if I told my parents to go buy an NFT or something like, you know, what? Like they don't have an Ethereum address and all this other stuff. So um, I think that's amazing. Now, um, in a moment, we're going to open this up and I'm going to introduce you to Ori. But one of the things I noticed on your site here is you have a featured artist, June Aquino, who um, this is probably your first artist on here. I'm just kind of looking at their actually while we're oh, uh, yeah, check it out. I'll tell you what we're doing with them. Yeah, let's see. While we're talking here, I am going to share my little screen. You guys see my screen? You see it? You guys are on mute. Yep, yep. I, oh, I cool. see it. So here, it's your finder. Yeah. Yep. So here, we're going through. Now I, I clicked onto his site. So Gina Kino is an artist, and he's got multiple pieces for sale. So let's talk about this. Now, is this just? Is this pure art, or Man, is there the, the, the site that the page that I'm seeing on your screen shares like your bookmarks? I'm not seeing the actual page. My bookmarks. Okay, hold on. Yeah. Let me try it again. So for anybody just listening, apologize. All right, tell me, do you see the page now? That's the one. Oh yeah. Cool. All right, so June Aquino, this is on powerfan.io. And if you're only listening, that's fine. You're not gonna miss too much. You can go to powerfan.io and click on June Aquino. But there's like five different pictures of, uh, what is that, Manny Pacquiao and some other boxers. So tell me about the story of this, because this is art. Is it he's sure, not- click that uh, that top left one there, that one? Yep. And so if you're just listening, we're looking at we did um, a launch for uh, Manny Pacquiao paintings. So Junikino, aka the painter of champions, um, longtime friend of Manny's, but he's also painted Conor McGregor, he's painted uh, Mike Tyson. So he's he's a painter for boxers. Okay. And so is he, can- is he is he historically very popular or not really? June, um, more behind the scenes. Okay. So part of what we're doing is is doing this launch to bring more awareness to him and his painting and to use NFT technology. So lovely. Like with this one, you could see somebody purchased the first one. So now you'd be buying number two of 10 yep. right above that purchase box. And when you click purchase, just to illustrate, you can see purchase with MetaMask, but also PayPal, Venmo. You could even pay later and do PayPal credit. So there's no barrier to entry to, to purchase. And as you saw in the description, or if you click, um, I think if you went back, there was a text description on the previous page, but this includes a, a lithograph print. Um, yeah, that one. 
So this includes a custom print, a personalized video behind the scenes of this painting, um, and early access to future launches. Yeah. So you can see that we were describing there what's included. Um, now, question. So yeah. um, I, I believe you can do this too. So let's say I bought this NFT, and then June decides I'm going to do what's called an airdrop. And in the, you can explain what this is. Um, but I, I've heard of other artists doing this. I think Board Ape Yacht Club did this famously, where it's like, but if you buy a certain NFT, that entitles you to future um, free NFTs from the same artist that they can just airdrop. Like if they know that you've done this, I can just send you a, a bonus. Like later on, you okay? You're gonna also get a, an access to the one I'm working on right now, right? Is that that's a thing? Yeah, exactly. So with this, we what you described, you can totally do. Um, and here we're just saying you get first look or early access to any future launches, which leads me to my next point. We're about to launch an auction with this artist for a signed copy of a painting by Manny Pacquiao and your Dennis Ugas. So it was the painting commemorating his last fight. Oh, wow. Uh, for any boxing fans, Manny just retired. He's running for president of the Philippines. So now we're literally going to auction the painting duly signed from his last fight as an NFT but whoever wins it also gets the physical signed painting. So whoever oh, awesome. bought from this launch will get first access, first crack at that. Oh, that's beautiful. Yeah. Now, so. now, now okay, let's, let me ask you this. So June or anybody who creates an NFT, it's it's free to create one, right? Okay. Yeah. And I sell it. I sell I sell my NFT for one ETH, which is at this today's price about $3,000. Hopefully six months from now, it'll be twice that. But the... Um, how much do I get as the creator? How much does PowerFan take? So we have two models. If someone's tech savvy, you can use the platform, create and sell your NFTs. There's no cost. And we just take a 2.5% transaction fee. Okay. What you're looking at here, this is our white glove service. So with June Aquino, we signed an agreement where we're, we created the presentation. We built out his profile. We're helping come up with the offer structure that's also no money down but we do a 70 30 split so in the creator's favor so we get 30 percent of the initial transaction only not on subsequent transactions <clears throat> and that's those are our two models oh beautiful so you'll you'll take care of all the marketing and well not the mark uh, you, you'll make it beautiful. for white glove service we do some marketing yeah like we got some pr we did some paid ads for this launch and, and we'll do that for our, for our white glove launches. And they just um, give up 30% performance. Yep. Correct. That's, that's amazing. And, and then, yeah, and this one, this is not, there's no value add as far as, you know, mastermind community courses. This is just, this is pure art, right? Yes. And no, oh, well, yeah, no, uh, no community access, but physical painting um, a, a video. We had a professional videographer film the painting, interviewing him about his craft. So you get that personal touch um, and limited edition quantity. So nice. Yeah. Now, one of the things I noticed here. Now, I don't want you to tell me if you know something, don't tell me. But I this is just my my hacker brain talking. All these things sold for less than one ETH. This bad boy sold for 47 ETH. So now there may be a there may be a very legitimate story behind this, but I'm always like, well, how can I hack social or socially engineer this? Now, technically, well, that was an auction. So that was the auction. These other ones are fixed price. 
but limited quantity. Oh, okay. Perfect. Because I was thinking like, let's say I'm an artist and I want to get it out there because this is, this is proof, right? Like if it's on here and I can check the Ethereum address, I can see, yes, this traded hands for 47 ETH. Now I could technically, if I was so unethically inclined, I could do my own painting and then buy my own painting through an anonymous ETH address and show that it sold for a hundred ETH. I would give up 2.5%, but all of a sudden now I'm an artist who has demonstrated, you know, or verifiable proof that I've sold a product for $300,000. Like, I guess technically I could do that if I was, as I you said. You could do that if you've got $300,000 laying around. Right. And I just wanted to give up two and a half percent, which is pretty big, but we uh, would because I see here, <laughs> like this trade, are, are these bids? Um, yeah, this one, it just in full transparency, I don't know if this is, if what we're looking at is fully uh, accurate or if okay. this was, but every, all the other ones um, that we looked at just there, the Manny Pacquiao, the fixed price ones, those are all accurate. I think we're updating this auction to be the new painting. So gotcha. don't quote me on this one, but that's an example of how the auction would play when it's live, you'd have a, a timer and then could make a bid and all that good stuff. Right. Well, as I say, one of the th- like, so we know for a fact in our world of marketing and entrepreneurs, et cetera, um, becoming a New York Times bestseller is you can either write a really freaking good book that everybody talks about, or you can buy your way in. And it's not just a matter of stroking a check, but there's a whole campaign around creating New York Times bestsellers. I know all of us. You may have engineered some of these, Jesse, all of us know people who have, and, you know, it's oftentimes, you know, the author may stroke a check for a hundred thousand or whatever it costs these days, but you know, you're, you're working with book buying groups. You're doing all this stuff because obviously if you make it to that list, that says you're somebody, but in this world where you actually don't need a secondary list to say you made it, um, if you have enough money, if you are a, if you are a, what do you call it? Um, an artist or musician or something, I could see gaming the system. It's not robbing from anybody else. It's just establishing that you've got a pretty high value, right? That's at least my- Yeah, I mean, if you're a a hustler, if you're savvy, if you're a hustler a little bit, I think of it as priming the pump, not gaming the system. But if you've got a little community, say, hey guys, inner circle stuff here, I'm gonna drop some new art, who will pick it up and exchange it between yourselves with real money so we can show some initial traction and then it's going to, then we'll launch it to the wider audience. I see that the same as like, we'll put the Kindle version of a book available for sale before the print so we can get fans to buy it and leave reviews so that when the real launch happens, people see some actual activity. Uh, Those in both cases, as long as it's real purchases and real people, I don't see anything wrong with it. It's only if you're like, you know, faking it and and putting fake numbers and then somebody spends. Absolutely. Well, and this, yeah, we're all business owners, we're all marketers. We all have to understand how to prime the pump and even gaming the system as long as nobody else is getting hurt. But that's, I mean, that is part of the game and it is one of the things if you're so inclined, uh, that's a possibility. But, uh, and as I, I don't even see it really necessarily being unethical, but maybe that's just me. No, I mean, think of any, you know, tech company's growth strategy. They're like incentivizing or bribing you to share and invite all of your friends and, and, and all that stuff. 
It's just how, what, what incentives are you setting up? What are you offering? Exactly. And the only, I mean, the only real difference between doing that and not doing that is probably an extra zero at the end of your income that year. So. <laughs> yeah. And, and speed, you know, like when you sign up for some services, then they get you to share it right away. And then that can make things move very fast and, but it's a different topic, I guess. Absolutely. Okay. So now I'm going to make an introduction. So sitting quietly here for the first time in life, <laughs> likely, <laughs> I love it, uh, is my good friend, Ori Bengal. So Ori and I have known each other for probably a decade. We met when I was first getting into digital marketing and internet marketing and info products and all this through mutual friends. And we saw each other, you know, quite a bit. And this is back when Ori was, um, you know, doing everything from WordPress to info products and whatnot. And uh, we ran in the same circles of digital marketers and, and entrepreneurs. And then 10 years ago, he decided uh, I'm going to commit, and I'm going to let him tell the story, but he's like, I'm going to commit to do a new piece of art tip, technically digital art every single day. He's done that for 10 years. And one of the reasons I brought him on is because he's a really phenomenal artist. He does most of his work is digital based. I've got one hanging on my wall. You can't see it, but it's back over here right now. And uh, it was a very special piece to me when I lost my dog. Uh, I post two years ago, I posted it on uh, Facebook and he saw my video and he, he grabbed a photo and did this amazing image and sent it to me, brought it to me and, you know, tears were shed and it was great. He's done this for other people as well, but he also, every single day, he creates this new avant-garde kind of piece of art and he's, and he's commissioned pieces for Alice Cooper and some other people he will fill in some of the details, but more importantly, he, he's also an entrepreneur and he has huge network of entrepreneurs. And these entrepreneurs that he knows are also digital marketers and people who know how to build value and create communities and how to drive traffic. And as I said, I've been pounding him since December going, you need to look at this really, really closely because for somebody who does digital art with a big network of entrepreneurs, I think this is ripe for you. So I told him, come join the show. So Ori Bengal, welcome to Bacon Rap Business. Thank you, good to be here. So have you been uh, have you been getting a lot out of the uh, first half of the show? Yeah, I took great notes. You know, uh, I've been since you've been hammering me since December, and um, uh, I think it was February, maybe March, when uh, uh, Beeple uh, sold that auction for like sixty million. My inbox has been blowing up from anyone who's ever seen me on anything. It's Everybody's like people, telling you to do it. NFT, NFT. And I actually even did a deep dive into it. One of my fans reached out and said, hey, you know, uh, do NFTs. And thanks. And he's like, hey, you want to team up on it? And funny enough, a lot of people have reached out asking me to team up. And I've actually had to learn to actually ask, well, what's your experience? Because many people just saw me as an asset all of a sudden. Um, you know, and they actually knew nothing. They just saw the article. Like, hey, let me do this for you. Anyways, I, I was working to convert my entire asset base to, uh, you know, over 3,500 pieces to NFTs. And um, my buddy who was going to, not only strategy and partnerships and stuff, but he was also going to fund the gas fees and stuff. And his mother died. And uh, yeah, I made a great painting, but his world changed everything. His life changed. So the whole project stagnated. And since then... Oh my God, as the world and the world of NFTs change. So here we are, you know, I'm actually gonna, uh, I'll do the two second version of my story instead of the usual 20 hour version, just cause I wanna hear you speak. This is inspiring as heck. Um, 
don't know. I was always an artist. I just didn't actually know it. I wasn't even showing my art for the longest time until in 2001, a girlfriend of mine saw it said, oh my God, my mom works in galleries. I actually showed her your stuff. We wanted to meet you. Said to do an art show. I found an art show just before Google. So I actually had to like ask people and uh, I went through all this work. No one bought anything. I've also been an entrepreneur my whole life. So my brain said, well, no one bought anything. Therefore, you're not actually a good artist. And I stopped making art. Gave away my stuff, went on a road trip for six years, fully couch surfing. That's from Brad first, you know, I was couch surfing Ori.com. And um, towards the end of my trip, um, 2011, I was in Maui. My buddy took me to all these galleries in Lahaina, and I felt absolutely heartbroken and shattered because I realized that I've not been doing the thing that's my thing, the thing I do all the time no matter what regardless of you know how much you can or can't make it and you don't hear parents telling your kids oh you should grow up and be an artist you'll make a great living they're like don't be an artist please you know and so i realized that and i tried doing a new work of art every day to make up for it and that lasted two weeks and then uh, in 2012 i was thinking about my life what do i want what don't i want and i remember that heartbreak and i'm like i do not want that and so this time, like, how do I make it so I don't screw up the daily art and I do make up for lost time? I do honor my own soul and keep doing this. And I was like, ah, accountability. I just posted on Facebook, like, hey, new work of art every single day, uh, whether it's, you know, a masterpiece or a stick figure. And since then, I've slept very little. <laughs> um, I know, I mean, like, with, with, I guess the, the things that I should probably interject because they'll probably help with the conversation. As Brad said, yeah, I've got a ton of the people that literally wrote the book on internet market, uh, Perry Belcher, Ryan Dice, Greg Hanley, Joe Polish, Lori Taylor, Brad Costanzo, and the list goes on and on. And I don't really leverage a bunch of them have my paintings and most of them have been paintings to make people cry although i understand for nfts it's not those one of a kind that are priceless to the person but the things that have a more mass market appeal um you know like what no one's brad is not going to get real value or even want to sell off the one of a kind painting of his dog that i made because i saw him crying and saying that oh my god i wish i had this i can't even find a photo of my dog when he fit in my hand and I immediately dropped those in and painted and did an age regression on this dog because I didn't have a picture. And, you know, thankfully it was, it was cute, but that's personal to just him. Yeah. Um, so, I mean, and I'm going to interject here real quick. So yeah, like you don't necessarily have a real theme around your art. Like, like you were talking about Junikino does, like he's the one who paints champions, yeah, right. Uh, or he will paint anything that comes to his mind um you got in a good way and, and that's all sometimes good sometimes bad <laughs> not, not bad. everything from like you know sci-fi fantasy portraits pet portraits people portraits tons of naked ladies you know like sometimes abstract uh you can if you're really bored you can kill a lot of time going through these over 3500 pieces yeah. so so jesse based upon the overview of what we've told you with with ori like 
obviously just throwing art out for art's sake does not necessarily make it valuable. I do like what he, what he did uh, here is he had like a theme around it. He had, you know, you get physical copy, you get a video, you get this other stuff. Knowing what you know and ask any questions to Ori, but like, let's, let's see if we can come up with kind of a couple of like potential strategies that he could use PowerFan for and start to, you know, really utilize this tool. Like, do you have any ideas or questions that we might be able to pursue? I do. Thanks for asking. Um, <clears throat> can I ask one clarifying question of something that you already said in the- All right, in if, the you, if you want, if you want. When, when you were talking about uh, June stuff and you point out the auction and the person actually gets, uh, you know, a lithograph and a video and this and that, uh, I was a little confused with the part earlier when you said every person you talk about courses and stuff and every person that gets the thing, let's say the three month of consulting, you actually have to honor it. Otherwise, yeah, you know, like the part you're talking about with burning or passing it forward. And so you're not going to issue a new lithograph each time the person, the first person who buys it gets the lithograph. If they sell it, they're selling the NFT and it's up to them to include the lithograph or the NFT lives on. Like that's the part I was confused about with when you attach it to physical real world assets. Yeah, that is the, uh, the one weak link in the chain um, is that currently secondary sales that include something physical would be on the honor system. Um, and therefore it's not a great strategy to think, like we're going to have multiple secondary sales where someone's shipping a piece of art to different people. Now, I think it's valuable on the initial sale um, to, to buy or win and then receive that. But I would take a different strategy if you want to focus on secondary market sales. Um, the, the fix for that would be, and I think it's already available, but to have like an escrow service or a storage where you, you buy it, the NFT signifies ownership, but you could choose to receive the art or leave it in a like a climate controlled storage area, something like that. Uh, so anyways, that's that's my thought there. But what I what I want to say to you is <clears throat> the first idea that comes is if you're doing a piece of art every day, there's there's literally no barrier to entry to setting up each one as an NFT. Um, and you could even do a 24 hour auction. And so each day you do your piece of art, you post it as a, a NFT with a 24 hour auction. You could even have a no minimum. So whatever somebody wants, even if it's 10, 20 bucks, it, it could sell. But if something lands and people want it, then they've got 24 hours to bid it up, knowing that you're going to do a new one the next day and the next day. So you could set something like that up, or you could just have them not as an auction, but uh, a unique one of one NFT that has whatever price you'd want to put on it. Um, and those are two options where, you know, just one additional step from what you're already doing, painting in that creative process. If the final step was, let's set it up as the NFT and then share that link out with my community. Now you're really pulsing out, not just something new and creative each day, but now there's literally an opportunity where if somebody likes one and they've been following you and now that's the one, boom, they're a click away from buying or participating in that and supporting you directly through that 
So that's just a um, ground level option based on, on, on you creating every day. You could do a, a collection that has a theme. So if it's like entrepreneurial heroes and you've got Ryan and Brad and a few others, you could have a collection and then there's a limited edition of each one or one of each, or you could have any other theme as well um, based on the, the art that you've created. So you could do something like that, or you could have an auction where um, whoever wins gets a custom painting by you. So in this case, you could say here, I've, I paint every day. I've done it for years. I've worked with some amazing people, and this is your chance to have me do a custom painting of you. Whoever wins, I'll, I'll talk to you, get a sense for who you are, and then go to work. And that becomes the, the NFT. The NFT that they win becomes this custom piece of art. Uh, so those are a few ideas. I could probably run off more. I'm down for anything you want to talk about, obviously, but that was actually something that I did write sort of as a question earlier, again, kind of repeating the same thing when you said it and you have to honor it again. So if they sell it, so on that one, I actually do the auction. It doesn't have an image yet because part of the auction of what you just said actually is to become the image for the NFT because that's the custom thing. So when they sell that as an F NFT, uh, and I can even include a physical print for the person, obviously, because you'd want it for their wall or something. Now they got a real world asset as well, and that's worth money on its own. But they can pass the NFT on. But the person who's getting the NFT now has this painting that's for another thing. They don't get to, you know, talk to me and have me do an image again because the NFT now already has. Yeah, yeah. Okay. So it, it's in. It's important to think like the initial offer. So having an auction and whoever wins gets a custom painting, that's compelling as the initial offer. May or may not have resale value um, or there might be an issue there. But if you think let's create something that has resale value baked into it, then that's gonna be a limited edition series, a unique one of one asset, um, something that's a fully digitally delivered experience so that you're not shipping something physical. And now those can circulate to any number of people. And, um, and that's more of a design to drive resale value and collections versus like who wins a custom experience personally. Both are valid. Um, and if you can marry those two, then, then there's possibly a, a holy grail opportunity there. <laughs> so. Um, I do have a couple other questions. I've, I've... Again, I've, I've been studying heavily about NFTs and at on and off since Brad got on my case about it. Thanks, Brad, by the way. Um, and, uh, you know, I, I heard recently a, a real interesting thing that, that got my attention. This, uh, this one artist, he's been crushing it. And what he does and is working towards as well is creating... Uh, you know, limited edition, like he does really cool uh, sports art. And so he'll go to conferences and people can, you know, pay for his autograph. But if you show him that you've got uh, his token, his coin, then you get a free autograph and you get to go, you get admission to the VIP party for free. And so one question was, uh, A, how do you, oh, and what, what he did to create these 
was he just authored. It cost him about six grand to do a thousand of these tokens. And anyone who wants it can just have one. But then, you know, as it builds value, you know, they're encouraged to sell them. And he obviously gets 23% and eventually he's going to have passive income. So one, how do you even verify that someone has it? Like not just checking the ledger, but if they show up to me and at a, while I'm signing autographs and they're like, oh, here, I got your coin. How do I know if they actually have it or if it's uh, they just download the GIF from OpenSea or whatever? I mean, that's very easy. You just they Check have the to ledger. show you in their in their wallet. If they okay. showed you a, a, an image in their phone, then, but if you go to collectibles and then you see the NFT in, in a crypto wallet, then there's, it's impossible to, to fake that. Yeah. Which is the whole point of crypto is that it's, you know, fake proof. Sweet. Now here's, uh-huh. here's one idea I had, and this is like trying to maybe even establish more uh, validity for not validity, but um social proof for Ori. So once more, I mentioned Ori knows a lot of entrepreneurs who have big lists and followings, et cetera. I mean, technically he could take, I mean, a lot of them already have uh, his paintings, which you could probably retroactively just create an NFT around the painting you you sent and just send it to me. Say, hey, look, do you have an ETH address? Or you know, if not, here's how to get it. I'm gonna send you the NFT for this. In addition, you could go out and let's say you took, I'm making this up, 20 highly influential entrepreneurs with big lists and followings, and you can airdrop them a free NFT, right? And let them know that you're about to do a, a, an auction on PowerFan. You're about to bring your art to the world via NFTs, et cetera, and that you wanted to give this that you know to them just A, as a token of their appreciation, but okay. that B, now they have an actual NFT of Ori Bengal and if this auction does well, right, and then your your NFTs get bid up, and let's say people are spending $30,000 for one of your pieces of painting, then they own also an Ori Bengal original that they got for free, which, you know, it theoretically could cause the value of that to go up. They could be like, oh, crap, this is great. I appreciate it, Ori. I'm going to go post this on PowerFan, and I'm going to sell this because obviously people want your stuff. In an addition... I don't know if they would do this, maybe at least on their social media, they would probably be willing to share your auction and talk about, hey, my friend Ori is launching this, go get it, it's gonna be really exciting. So the more people that they tell about it, obviously it's not just helping you, it's potentially helping what they own as well. And and the rising tide is lifting the boats. And Jesse, am I, am I on track there with a potential strategy? Great strategy. Imagine you airdropped uh, an influencer, a piece of art each day, Ori. So now instead you could, we talked about you're creating art each day. You could put it as an auction. It could be a 24 hour, no reserve auction or a fixed price. Alternatively, you could airdrop Brad one day, Ryan, the next day, Perry, the next day, you give him a free NFT, but build in a, let's say a 20% royalty and say, here you go. I did this custom piece of art for you. Go ahead and sell it. If you want, you may make a lot of money. Now they list it to their fans. Hey, check out this amazing artist did art and I'm going to sell it. So who wants it now? Uh, let's say, I don't know. I'm just... Oh, dude, that's even gangster. And now you get the royalty on the secondary sale. You get here, Perry, here, I did a custom art for you. It's yours for free. Perry goes, look at this amazing thing. Who wants it? There's only one of them. It's an NFT he uses all of his marketing 
Now somebody buys it for $10,000 and now you're getting a piece. Uh, let me, let me add a question. And the next person. Let me add a strategy and a question on there. And the next and the next, correct. So the question is, so, okay, if Ori sends me an NFT and I decide to resell it, now, because I'm not the creator of that, an NFT is technically a smart contract, right? I'm not the creator of that. So I can't necessarily add in, or can I, hey, I'm selling this. And if you buy it, it unlocks my free course. Mm. You could, you could accept, you wouldn't be able to update the, the NFT. You could communicate that to your audience. Hey, whoever buys this or whoever wins this, just verify. And then you're going to get, you know, access to my stuff too. Dude, that's and then you just deliver them, you know, you just fulfill it via email or whatever. This goes back to Ori's other question. So how would I know that we're not in front of each other? We're across the country or whatever. And I, and then Jesse, you say, yeah, Brad, I bought that NFT. I go, how do you, how do you prove it? Like how I'll just show the, you just look on the blockchain. Like, but how do I know that that, cause that Ethereum address is, uh, that is, uh, what do you call it? That's publicly out there on the blockchain, but it's anonymous. So how yeah. do I know it belongs to you? Oh, you just have that person indicate that this is my address. And then you just show Remember that. Be able to see that on the blockchain that. Yeah. You'd have to communicate with the person to correlate what you see on the blockchain with what they have. Oh, okay. I think I get that. Okay. Like I can, I can show you, I can send you a text with my VIN number and then you can run the VIN number to make sure that it matches what's publicly listed. Well, yeah, but your name is not associated with your address. Right. Correct. So, so how would I, this is what I'm missing. How would I know you told me you bought it, but I'm like, well, on PowerFan, it just says this random. Yeah, just save. You don't even have to ask. I mean, their public wallet address is not a secret, but you could just say confirm the final four uh, digits of your wallet address or send me your wallet address. Is that secret? Then, no, like you could see this, right? Yep. Yeah. This is, this is. Yeah, but if that's not secret. No, exactly. But you could see it. and just see on whoever the recipient is or whatever the. Uh, Right, but if anybody is, could find that, couldn't they just go claim it? Only, I'm not. Maybe I don't know what you're asking. It's very easy to verify who owns an NFT, provided. Right, but it's but can't somebody just grab? Like, okay, you you just sold an NFT on PowerFan, and it's and listed can, publicly, and I can cut and paste that and send it to you and say, hey, that's my address. Yeah, how do you know it's my? How do you know that's address is, belongs to Brad? If it's publicly available, and I can just go copy it off EtherScan. And I send it to you and I go, I own that. Well, there's no public record that says, okay, Brad Costanzo owns this Ethereum address. It could have been Ori's address and I just claimed it. And then the real person goes to claim and you're like, I already gave it away. I mean, there's, we're kind of going down a rabbit hole. This is yeah. easily solved. I mean, it, if you just have somebody open their wallet and show you that that resolves it. That's true. Or you put an unlockable, you put a phrase as unlockable content that That's you've good. never said anywhere publicly. So you say, what's the unlockable secret phrase? Boom. And you that's your key. Writing that one down. Perfect. Yeah. Yep. I love that. Yeah. Okay. And then, so going along this lines, I love that. Like, Lori, like sending your art out to people, telling them to get an ETH address if they don't have one, doing this, you're sending them art. So you're sending the, you're doing it as an appreciation. And then you're letting them know, by the way, I'm about to do a big thing. And then, um, like exactly what you said, like now you can get people behind it because they have a, a reason to promote your stuff beyond just, hey, he's my friend. 
like it'll make theirs more valuable. But like Jesse just said, they could also just go, well, hey man, I appreciate it. Do you mind if I resell this? You go, no, I actually put it up for bid. See if you can get it. Throw in Um, some bonuses, make a a fun thing out of it. But even if they just say, even if they just post and say, oh, woke up to a fun surprise from my friend Ori sent me this amazing piece of NFT art. You get a few people doing that, even if they're not selling it. And now your name recognition goes way up. Absolutely. And that's that's a fun thing. That's been a life lesson. Every single thing that I do and I am is a marketing asset. I'm on stage at uh, Alice Cooper. Uh, I'm, I'm doing a thing with Miss USA right now. I can't like give all the things, but basically short versions, like if every single one of the Miss USA pageant shares the paintings and time lapse, that builds my brand every, it's just global name recognition. When Picasso is like, Nameless, no one cared if you got his thing, but now that you know he's so famous, people will give you millions for when he signed his name on a napkin. You know, uh, previous to that, it was just a dirty napkin. So he was so, a smart guy, he was creating constantly as well. Oh, yeah, so. his, his hero level. Um, so I, I read up, uh, obviously, uh, be an idiot if I didn't get on this call with you and uh, read up on PowerFans.io beforehand. And yeah, a lot of it obviously spoke to me as an author, and I am working on my book. I'll talk to you on another session about the actual book, book distribution. But I, I saw that, you know, you have exclusive unlockable content monthly for uh, the cost of a book. So basically a monthly subscription. Um, we didn't really talk about that in the first part of this, uh, episode. And one of the things that I was kind of working on already, but kind of halted because I was curious about how I could maybe work that in with NFTs is like the art of the month club, right? Instead of cheese or wine or dog treats, you get this could be like the NFT version. I was thinking of oh, physical. Oh, yeah. You, you could sell, you know, 50 NFTs that give access to Ori's Art of the Day Club if you want. But it, it could be Art of the Day, Art of the Month. Whoever owns those NFTs, you've got the wallet address to airdrop them your latest art creation on a weekly, a monthly basis. And... And it's super streamlined because even if someone sells that, then you're just saying, okay, time to distribute my next piece of art. What are the 50 addresses that are receiving it? You don't even have to know who they are. That's super cool. 50 addresses. So if Brad buys one of the original 50 and now I've sold it, I've sent him for free. uh, A year later, you sent me 12 pieces of art. 12 pieces of art. And then he decides to sell it to you. And so now uh, Power Fans knows that this is the, or whatever, however I. Yes, yeah, check, check this out. Check this out. So it will stand to whoever the new person is. So what you can see here, we're on CoinMarketCap. This is like a tracker, and we're on the NFT section. So when you do a collection, we've heard of CryptoPunks, or some know. people have. So you can see here that the overall collection, that there's just under 10,000 pieces in the collection, currently owned by 3,119 people. So that means 
most people own three, Multiple, an average yeah. of three CryptoPunks, right? The average price, um, if there's a floor price, so the cheapest piece in this collection is selling for 1.355. And so you get data, if you create a collection like Ori's Art Club, you would eventually have a collection like this, where let's say there'd be you know 50 or 100 members, but those could be changing hands a lot, right? So you could have number of transactions, floor price, and other things like that, volume over 24 hour period for the whole collection. I, I guess so. But then the, the bonus is whoever owns that is getting regular art airdrops from you for being in the, the club. And as you and do more just, stuff with your own art career and your own persona, and you become more popular, the art they hold and then the art they're getting for free becomes more valuable and they can either hold on to it or sell it. What Brad said. So if you're airdropping art, your profile goes up. People are in your club because they got the NFT, but now they're receiving art. They could sell that. Now they're selling art. They're making money for being in the club. You're making money for hosting the club. And if people want to sell their membership to the club and get those free art airdrops, then they need to buy one of the uh, the NFTs that gives them club access. So, and, I mean, I think we're coming up with some uh, amazing ideas here. This is why I invited both y'all on here. And the nice <laughs> part is- bacon wrapped business for real. That's right. The nice part about this is, uh, and I, I have a feeling this won't be the last time the two of you talk, is that you know you have this white glove service, so you can help. We can make that all happen for you, Ori. What I just described, you don't have to learn another thing about technology for, right. for that to play out. He's like Pedro I, on Napoleon Dynamite. Yeah, all your dreams will come true. I, I just <laughs> I, vote I'm, for Pedro. I've been I've been doing this uh, on my own for so long and like yeah i'm often the bottleneck therefore uh, often many really solid ideas have dropped recently i've gotten some management in beverly hills and it's been so useful i mean this easiest example is just uh i need to get a car but i was just too busy like working on a couple of deadlines i did deliver um they got me to booking i never have help. So this is like a really new concept for me, like entrusting first every single thing that I do, I'm putting my reputation on the line, right? You know that quote, it takes a lifetime to build a reputation and seconds to destroy it. So, you know, I've had people trying to like rep me for years, but I just I'm going with gut feeling. Like I don't know that I trust this person wholeheartedly. Right. Um so on, on that last idea, though, since I'm just midway through writing the sense, I'm still just trying to be confused. So if they have the NFT that I'm the, the club membership, uh, and because they have the club membership, they're getting free daily whatever, uh, free daily art as an NFT only goes out to these people. And um, so when they sell the club NFT, Although I would think that no one would ever want to resell those because they're getting free daily art and I'm doing my real world assets to build up my brand every day. Well, people need money for any reason though. Yeah, yeah. Well, everyone loves to make money on an investment, you know, and, you know, but um, so once, but I'm sending to uh, 
an Ethereum wallet is where I'm sending those daily things. So once I'm selling it through, or once I'm sending the thing, um, if they sell the thing, how do I know that the ETH address changed? Like where to send it to? Does the, the platform do that for me automatically? Like, so I'm selling to a uh, token, NFT number 47, Yes, I see this. what you're asking. I see what you're and asking. And so if you if you're like, cool, I just made a hundred grand off this, I got a whole bunch of NFTs that I can now sell, whatever. I'm gonna sell this to a friend of mine, he does a favor, whatever. Here, I'll sell it to you for thirty thousand dollars. Now you're a member of Ori's Club. I no longer am. I'm sending it, but when I got the ETH wallet initially that I sent the token to for the entry, that was yours. I'm still sending to you. Or because you just sold it to Brad when I'm airdropping stuff, whatever tool I use for airdropping those is updated with whoever, whichever address has it too. Because I'm not selling to the token, I'm saying to the ETH address is my understanding. Correct. Okay. So I wouldn't do daily airdrops, but if it's weekly or monthly, then it's fine because you'll have to mint those NFTs to send them to everybody. But all you do is when you're getting ready to send them, you look at your collection like we just saw, who are the holders today? Okay. Who are the holding wallet addresses for my club NFTs? And that's the address that's getting this drop. Perfect. And that's it, simple. You don't actually right. even need to know their name. You just right. check the, uh, the wallet address for everyone that's holding an NFT in your collection. I'll make it art of the month because I'm a bit ADHD and looking at that many numbers uh, multiple times a month would drive me nuts. And it also, one of the things that people have warned me over the years um, is one of the reasons I don't sell a lot of my art. I make it. A lot of people get to see it. A lot of times I get messaged and like, dude, I really love that painting. Can I buy it? Oh, yeah, all right. Or mm, not sure yet. I just painting the prints. People have offered me like, we're just about at five figures on it. And I just like having it. So I haven't sold it, but I got warned about it. Isn't it bringing the value of your work down? The fact that there are so many of them, you know, because scarcity is what builds exclusivity. Now, obviously, if only, you know, that's the whole point of limited edition prints, only five people can actually have this particular one. Mm, so, that doing it monthly there's also kind of there's definitely something to that well and it, this can also be one of the, those ways where like if you are doing something every day or whatever hey the only people who are really getting those are the existing nft holders of the art club right so it's not just being uh broadcast to absolutely everybody but uh there's a lot of opportunities here that and you know conversely one of the ways that i think you know obviously my network within or your network if, especially if you start to do some of these strategies of finding ways to partner with these other influencers, Dice mm -hmm. and Perry and all these other and all these other people that you know really well, um, and they're seeing what you're doing. Like you know, you don't have to use PowerFan, but I think you'd be crazy not to. Um, they start to see this, then this can bring even more visibility to what Jesse's doing in his platform because obviously he can benefit from you know the people you know know are all the creators and the entrepreneurs and. This would be a good time, Ori, to share that we have a power partner program. So if you bring creators or somebody to the platform, you get 5% of their uh, 
of, of what they create. So not just the first thing, but the ongoing smart contract. Everything. That's some fine print right or, there, you know. Or, or he thinks I just did this out of the out of the love of my heart for him. Ah, <laughs> I, see. Oh, well, I wasn't going to spill the beans, but hey. guess what? Brad's a power partner. Represent. Good. Good. But I actually, but but in, in all honesty, that has nothing to do with why I brought you on here. I, I literally just because I, you know, I've been telling you to do this forever, uh, and I'm trying to learn about NFTs too. So I want a guinea pig to watch and even potentially help strategize on this because. The more you know, you learn by doing, and in this space, that's people are doing new stuff all the time. So I, I just think there's tremendous opportunity here, and um, this actually kind of brings us to kind of a, the, the wrap up. We've been on the call for over an hour now, and although you know, I'm sure we could all do this for hours. We all have lives, uh, or he has art. But uh, I've, been, I've been rescheduling meetings on the sideline to keep this rolling because we apologize. Yeah. But I'm glad okay. it's been, hopefully it's been right. useful for you. Oh, yeah. I, I, I canceled on everything and everyone today, so I, I can go as long <laughs> as you want. It's worth I it. I better. So let's, let's make, make some NFTs, Ori. So let, well, speaking of making NFTs, I have no idea how it'll do, but we can test it out. So you said I can make this episizzle because mere traditional podcasts have episodes, but Bacon Rap Business has episizzles. I can make this a NFT, right? And yeah. then... We'll list it on PowerFan. We'll promote it. Whoever owns it, well, I, I can obviously bonus it up with something. It could be a free consult. It could be a copy of free, uh, free portrait uh, to whomever uh, buys the first one. So there it is. Partner um, with partner with Ori on that, right? Ori gets one of those. Perfect. And then uh, and then if they buy it, did you say you? Could airdrop them some PFAN tokens? Oh, yeah. 2,500, I believe. So if, we, if, we, if you want to auction it, Brad, Ori will do a custom painting and we'll airdrop 2,500 PFAN tokens to whoever gets it. And I will give them their... Now, do, do PFAN tokens at this moment have a... Uh, are they are they actively being traded? Currently, four cents a token. Four cents a token. Okay. And just for now, since it's part of for the real, <laughs> they they're based in Ethereum, so you can trade them. So you can convert them to Ethereum, or like they. That's coming real tokens. soon. Yeah. Cool. Yeah, it's built on Ethereum, so that's yeah. correct. Yeah. I like it. Well, we're gonna do that. So uh, while people are listening, I guess all I have to say is after this thing comes out, we're gonna give them a link, right? And it'll be maybe like baconwrappedbusiness.com forward slash um, NFT. NFT. P fans. Yeah, or power fan NFT. Or, uh, I'm or, going or to put it, I'm gonna put it in the show notes. So if you're listening, you know, look in the show notes somewhere and find it. So it'll, it'll probably be, it'll be baconwrappedbusiness.com forward slash NFT. That's all you need to know. Done, easy. So hopefully my listeners aren't like meh but we'll see well if you uh, made it this far here, show me you love me people I'll, show me here, you love I'll, me. I'll i'll make it worth uh their while when i say i'll do a portrait let me clarify what that means first of all uh i'll include a link in the show notes so that you can actually see some of my art um people are paying five and six figures for these so it's not I'd like to think they wouldn't be doing that if it really sucked. But um, additionally, so yours will be 
digital one, you can use it for social media, you can use it for your personal branding, for your websites, whatever. But I will also uh, send you a uh, physical print of it for your wall at uh, 24 by 30 inches, which the nice. minimum that you'd pay for that is three grand. So damn, damn. Uh, look at that. I have an I actually okay. No, were you talking about they get a custom portrait like of themselves or something they want, right? They, yeah, they gotta send me some pictures, and you're not limited to reality. I have another idea. I have another idea. Okay. I would give them a choice. Okay. Obviously, in the unlockable content, we can give them a special link or something that to where they can say, "Hey, I'm the winner," right? What I would do, you have to show I would me give them a choice of either of either a personal thing or maybe you can pick some of the some of the art that you've already done that is not personal that might be something that they would want to get airdropped anyway because if it's not if it's personalized the resale value may be lower but if it's unpersonalized and at just actual art about something that came out of your wacky mind then that that and that might be more valuable on the secondary art you can maybe give them a choice almost like all right pick one of these 10 pieces uh, that are available. These are pieces that you really like or request a custom or I, I, I'm going to stick for your episode with the personal portrait because A, that's worth more than three grand and people will do a lot of things for that. Um, that's true. To a personal, uh, a public token, which may or may not do something, you know, hopefully my that's success true. continues and it'll be worth millions. But now they have something on their actual wall and uh it's also a story for a lifetime it might be a memorial for someone like my unofficial slogan is i make grown-ups cry unofficial because obviously that could get taken out of context well technically they could do it for somebody else right like if yeah exactly had a a child uh you know within yep that's a specialty um hell i mean I will go ahead just to protect uh, Brad, me, and them. I won't, you can't just send me a picture of your favorite celebrity and yeah. have me that because the picture is probably copyrighted and I don't feel like having any of us sued right now. We're trying to do something nice. Well, we so, will figure that out, but this is but yeah, awesome. Okay, uh, so, 24 by 30. Yes. Okay, so wrapping up, um, first Thanks of all, me. if all y'all have a book you want published, Jesse can hook you up. LifestyleEntrepreneurPress.com or? Oh yeah, behind this banner is my publishing banner. Nice, I love it. So Lifestyle Entrepreneur Press. So you can not only do books, but you know, books with NFT. So there's a, it's not a either or, it's a this and this if you want. Obviously power fan, uh, or actually since I am like a power partner, I'm gonna request that they go to baconwrapbusiness.com forward slash power fan. And I'll forward that to wherever. Uh, that way I make money. If you make money, yay me. Um, second of all, if they want to bid on this episizzle and get all of this other bon- benefits and bonuses, which will be listed on the PowerFan site, go to baconwrapbusiness.com forward slash NFT and get in touch with Jesse. Go to PowerFan. Think about how you can do this. Listen to this episode like 17 times. Uh, if you want, like it, review it and think about how you can use this. I was just in a mastermind the other night, Jesse, and I was like 12 others. And I was, I brought this up two nights ago that I'm going to be talking to you and they were all kind of excited to hear what's possible. So I'll be sharing it with them. So if you guys are listening, uh, yeah, think about what's possible because this is the leading edge stuff and it's just beginning.
And one final thing, Brad, anyone that's listening to this, anyone in your audience that, that signs up on PowerFan, we'll give them 100 PFAN tokens um, to, to get your feet wet and, and try your hand at creating NFTs yourself. So now what is the PFAN token used listening. for? Maybe we didn't talk about that. What is the token used mm. for on the platform? Yeah. So starting very soon, you'll be able to buy NFTs with PFAN. Um, and within the next couple months, we're going to have um, a power player. So you can both earn while you learn. So we're going to have incentives to read books, share content, listen to audiobooks. Um, and the PFAN will be on an exchange within the next four to six months. So Oh, beautiful. So yeah. like a reader or a, even like a like a podcast, like I could have Bacon Rat Business on the P, the PowerFan uh, audio player. And as they're listening, they're earning PFAN tokens. Correct. Dude. And so are you while they're listening. Maybe ah. fuel for the next episode. <laughs> Shit is so exciting. I love it. Me too. So the next episode is being recorded tomorrow, right? <laughs> yeah, right. Exactly. I'll be back. Well, I'll be back. gentlemen, I use that term loosely. Just kidding. Uh, I cannot tell you how much I appreciate this. It is, it's always a blast when I learn a ton about stuff on my, um, on my podcast. Uh, and my listeners know that I've got a habit of doing this. And that's why I don't do a daily show or even a weekly show all the time. I only have people on the show that I have legitimate intellectual curiosity about things because I want to actually put them into play. So I, I've been told by a lot of people that this is one of the things that makes my show really enjoyable because they know that I'm not just giving people airtime just to promote and plug their stuff. And if, you, if you're listening and you like that, go leave me a review on iTunes. It definitely helps other people find this. And if you have any questions, send me an email to askbrad at baconwrapbusiness.com. Then follow all the links in the show notes to all the cool bonuses that you hear us concocting for you. And then go follow Ori on uh, social media because when his uh, NFT auctions and drop happens, you're going to get to be early mover and say you were a part of it from the beginning. And, um, and uh, I get, I just can't thank you guys enough. Thanks so much, Brad. And great conversation, Ori. And thanks everyone for listening. Uh, man, I should have been recording this. Just kidding. <laughs> See you guys on the next episode.